Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Praying Through the Bible podcast, part of the Praying Through the Bible project. Thanks for joining me. Pure Confession. No requests, no excuses, no reasons. Ezra 9, 6-15. This is a fairly lengthy prayer, longer than most of the ones that we have studied so far. O oh my God, I am too ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you, my God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors to this day, we have been deep in guilt, And for our inequities, we, our kings, and our priests have been handed over to the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to plundering, and to utter shame, as is now the case. But now, for a brief moment, favor has been shown by the Lord our God, who has left us a remnant, and has given us a stake in his holy place, in order that he may brighten our eyes and grant us a little sustenance in our slavery. For we are slaves. Yet our God has not forsaken us in our slavery, but has extended to us his steadfast love before the kings of Persia to give us a new life, to set up the house of our God, to repair its ruins, and to give us a wall in Judea and Jerusalem. And now, our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you commanded by your servants the prophets, saying, The land that you are entering to possess is a land unclean, with the pollutions of the peoples of the lands with their abominations. They have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness. Therefore, do not give your daughters to their sons, neither take their daughters for your sons, and never seek their peace or prosperity, so that you may be strong and eat the good of the land, and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. After all that has come upon us, for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, seeing that you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserved and have given us such a remnant as this. Shall we break your commandments again and intermarry with people who practice these abominations? Would you not be angry with us until you destroy us without a remnant or a survivor? O Lord, God of Israel, you are just, but we have escaped as a remnant, as is now the case. Here before you we are, in our guilt, though no one can face you because of this. What is a prayer of confession? Often, such prayers are an admittance of guilt, followed by a petition for forgiveness. We confess our prayer, we ask for forgiveness. But this prayer by Ezra is a pure prayer of confession. No requests, no excuses, no reasons for the sin. A difficult prayer to offer, probably for most of us, but it is one of great power. The rest of the book of Ezra describes the reforms that Ezra instituted. There are three prayers in this section. The first is this one, a prayer of confession offered by Ezra himself. They are all part of the same situation. What brought on this confession? About four months had passed, it seems, since the last scene. See chapter 10, verse 3. Part of what Ezra was to do in Jerusalem was to teach the proper ways of the faith. Some officials came to him and said that there was a problem with people having married non-believers, even some of the leaders and the religious officials. Ezra, upon hearing this, tore his cloak and pulled out his hair and his beard in a traditional sign of mourning and repentance. He fasted, another humbling tradition, until the evening sacrifice. 
He then prayed the prayer above, confessing his embarrassment at the situation. He does not ask for anything. He merely confesses the sin of his people and himself. He begins with his own shame and also prays on behalf of the people. He knows how merciful God has been for them in the past, which makes this unfaithfulness all the more terrible. He cites the sin specifically in verses 10 through 11. Finally, he notes that God would be justified in destroying all of them since they have spat in the face of his mercies. Meaning, why this great humility and guilt over marrying unbelievers? There are a number of factors at play. First, Ezra and the returnees to Jerusalem were tasked with restoring the faith and practices of Israel in all of its commands. Second, Ezra was responsible, for it is he that the king of Persia commissioned to rebuild the temple and restore the faithful life of the community of the returnees. Third, the people are in a different situation now than they were back in Babylon, where they were a community surrounded by Persians. Here, they were surrounded by people who were descendants of the Jews who were left behind, but who had intermarried with pagans over the 80-plus years of the exile in Babylon. They were facing a cultural shift and only just realizing the problems that it could bring. They reasoned this way. When God brought the Israelites out of Egypt and into the Promised Land, he forbade them to intermarry with the Canaanites. Why? Because God knew that they would be affected by the worship practices and that it would cause them to stray from God's ways. Joshua was even ordered to destroy all the towns and the people for that reason. But he didn't, and decades later we see that the people did stray because of the influence of the Canaanites who remained in the land. Ezra and the others applied these teachings and the history to their situation. Those who had married unbelievers were sure to bring the same problems to this new generation. A spouse or a child would be put in a difficult position of mixing faith traditions. So Ezra believed he had failed God in not foreseeing this problem and addressing it early on. Now, the cost to lives and families would be painful because of his failure. This is why his prayer is purely a prayer of confession. He acknowledges that God would be justified in destroying them all because now, no matter what they do, people will suffer because he didn't take care of it at the beginning. And this is why Ezra adopts the traditions of mourning for the dead because if God meted out true justice, they would all die. Application A prayer of pure confession is a powerful thing. We are tempted, when we confess our wrongdoing, to give reasons why it happened, to ask for forgiveness, or even to blame others, perhaps. Try offering a prayer of pure confession. Don't ask for forgiveness, don't give reasons why you did it, and don't repent. Just tell God what you did and praise Him for who He is and how He is now justified to punish you. Such a prayer brings into stark relief how meaningful it is when God offers His grace to us. This is not an easy thing to do, but it is a powerful and rich prayer that speaks the truth to the situation between God and His people. Thank you for listening. See the notes accompanying this podcast for more information. If you are a patron, thank you so much for your support. If not, please consider becoming one. As always, feel free to get in touch through the comments or through the website. Until next time, have a blessed week.
Thank you for listening. See the notes accompanying this podcast for more information. Learn more about the Praying Through the Bible Project on our website, prayingthroughthebible.com. That's T-H-R-U. If you are a subscriber, thank you. If not, please consider becoming one. Feel free to get in touch through the comments or on our website. Until next time, blessings on all of you.